Hey, welcome back to Living Redefined. My name is Dusty Otis. Joining me online through YouTube, Facebook, wherever you are, podcast. I appreciate it. Thankful that you're here. Uh, I'm going to challenge you to engage today, um, to get on the edge of your seat, or if you're um, in a car, tune in, and uh, let's focus a little bit. We're going to talk today um, about community and, and why we don't belong. Why we don't belong. Why do I believe I don't belong in community, in, in that group of people, in that setting? And I believe the, the root, the root, when we get to the very bottom of it, it's perfection. We're, we're looking at and we see everything that's better, good, or what we would call perfect, and we can't be that, and so we decide, I can't be a part of that. And so everybody wants to be type, uh, be part of some type of community. Everybody wants to belong, right? God created us for community. It's why he didn't let Adam be alone. He said, it's not good for man to be alone. He needs a partner, right? So we're built, we're created to be in community. So let's address the biggest reason that we feel like we don't belong, and that's perfection, perfection. And so then we're talking about specifically beating perfection today. Because at one time or another, I think that we've all felt like uh, we didn't belong, that I'm different, um, that I'm not accepted, that um, I don't fit in, they don't like me. They don't like me, right? Or they won't like me. And so growing up, for me, I battled perfection, sometimes still do. Um, I don't think it's anything that we ever get rid of. I think there's, a, there's finding balance in all of it. And, so, and the, the part that I battled was um, can always be better. And it can always be better means it's not good enough, right? And that's really rooted in acceptance. I was looking for approval. Um, I was looking for anything that... Um, would let you see, hey, what I did is good enough. And it was really rooted in works, right? Works, works, works. And a lot of my faith for the longest time was rooted in works and not in grace. And so um, I just wanted to get your opinion or your approval to let me know that it was good enough because I couldn't see it as good enough myself. And I had a hard time being content. Um, for me, content was um, this word that meant settling, like, Take your content in my mind um, was uh, taking your foot off the gas, easing up, and letting let, letting go essentially. Um, and I couldn't do that. Like it meant content meant settling to me. And if you look up the definition of content, it doesn't mean that. There are a bunch of things that it means, but content means fulfilled. Content means fulfilled. And there's a scripture in the Bible that says, "Godliness with contentment." is a great game. Now, got people in the Navy in my family. My grandpa was in the Navy. Um, Heather's brother is in the Navy right now. And they, the Navy has a saying, anything worth doing is worth overdoing. Anything worth doing is worth overdoing. I love that. I love that so much that I took that and matched it to the scripture. If a man asks you to go one mile, go two. If somebody asks you to go one mile, go two. Anything worth doing is worth overdoing. And I kind of paired those up. And that was how I found acceptance. That was how I beat perfection. That was how I, how I, you know, kind of covered everything that I did. Very detail-oriented, very, very um, meticulous. And so then, by the way, I battle perfection um, in my message prep, right? If you look at this picture on the screen, this is um, <laughs> something a friend sent to me today. Uh, not today. What is it? Not today. Yesterday. And um, the caption of this says, um, this is an actual photo of your pastor trying to cram all of the incredible biblical insight from hours of study into less than 30 minutes. I feel like this 
guy cramming this board in this car on a regular basis. You know, it's said that passion drives perfection. Passion drives perfection. And there was one time in my life I could relate to that, but the reality is foolishness drives perfection. Foolishness drives perfection. Those who seek perfection never find contentment. Those who seek perfection never find fulfillment because they constantly are looking through the lens of shoulda, coulda, woulda. Shoulda, coulda, woulda. Therefore, we aren't good enough. We don't belong. We're just working to to fit in, right? And so there's a big difference between excellence and perfection, by the way, and I'm not going to talk about excellence today. Um, Many of you online would say at some point growing up, you did something to belong, right? I'm going to shift you just for a second and go, let's let's go back to down memory lane. How many of you did things that you regret to this day, but you did them so you could fit in, so you could belong, so you could be part of a group. I think that's what, you know, sororities are and, and all the clubs that we have growing up and all the clubs that we've created as adults, right? And all of the, you know, the dues that we pay. Why do we, why do we pay those? Why do we, because we want to be a part, right? And so at a younger age, it's not about paying, you don't pay, you know, financial dues, you pay physical dues, right? And there have been many trips, there have been many trips to the emergency room that have been preceded by the phrase, hey, watch this. Hey, watch this. I can remember jumping my bike off of a ramp. We had this massive pond and we had a nice deck. It was an old deck. I wouldn't say it was nice. And we had built a ramp up with five gallon buckets. And I decided I was going to do a backflip into the pond. And... The reality and all that was right before I said, hey, guys, uh, watch this. The thought in my mind was like, this is crazy. And the reality is as I went off the ramp and I went to pull the backflip, I got upside down and the bike fell and broke my big toe. Now the mud's real squishy in the pond. It was a grizzly bear to get out of there. And so then I can relate to hey guys, watch this, I can relate to fitting in. And so if we're talking about community, belonging, works, beating perfection, we do all of that for a little bit of approval, for some acceptance, so that we can belong in community, so we can be part of a group. And what limits us today as adults is believing we don't fit in because of our imperfection, our flaws, our failures, our regrets. Right, And I want to tell you that today, all of the things that you did growing up to be a part, whether it was the jacket that you, that you got to have, the ring that you wore, um, all unnecessary to fit in. You fit in already. And so chasing perfection is unnecessary. Um, you don't have to be perfect to belong. You don't have to perform anything to belong. You don't have to practice anything to belong. You just simply do. And so why do you think that we want to be perfect? Why? Why do you think that we like perfect? Why do you think that it is like this? It's a, uh, uh, it's, it's a thing that it's out there in front of us. And, and it's not that we don't believe we're ever going to reach, but man, it sure seems, sure seems far-fetched. We know that perfect is the enemy of good, right? And so then we can't settle with, it's good enough. That's good enough. Because the, the truth is, if you look through the lens of shoulda, coulda, woulda, it's not good enough. And so then the reason that we like or want or 
prefer perfect is because we're striving for something that gives us approval, right? Oh, nice. And so striving for perfection causes anxiety, though. And that anxiety leads you to disapprove of yourself and your imperfections. And so then we believe that those around us can see all the flaws and all the imperfections, and we believe that they know everything about them. And so we avoid people, and we avoid gatherings, and we, we avoid anything, especially with people who might be just a step above us or anywhere that, that we think or see that they are above us. Striving for perfection causes insecurity. It makes it, it, makes it super difficult to accept yourself as is. It makes it super difficult to accept yourself as is. This is largely due to how flooded we are with perfection. The perfection that we see in marketing, in our social media feeds, and, and in presentations that we watch, and videos that we see, and clips on TikTok, and, and that's all good. But the reality is, in all of that, even, even a TED Talk, right, is put together very well. I don't know if you remember the first TED Talks. They were boring. And now the teams who are putting those together are, it's incredible, right? And so then the sad part that we are not seeing is the illusion that is being presented to us, right? And that illusion is coming through our screens because we don't see the years or the hours um, or the preparation that it takes to present what is being presented, right? Social media is only going to show you the moments and the angles and the outfits that the creator wants you to see, right? Ads are created by teams of professionals who are paid to get us to want what they're offering. It's, it's going to be perfect, right? An online church and TED Talks and presentations and any TikTok and all that stuff, they're given by some of the most gifted people, some of the most gifted communicators, and they put countless time in on the subject that they're sharing, we don't see that though. We don't see everything that's behind the scenes. And what is amazing about all of it is we could um, talk to the Instagrammer or the marketer or the presenter and say, hey man, did you like your last post? Did you think that your last post or your ad was, was or your presentation, do you think it was perfect? And what do you think they're going to say? No, no it wasn't. And so a lot of people see striving for perfection as a good thing, right? I did. And, and it's motivating, right? It's motivating because it never ends. People who strive for perfection are driven. They're detailed, right? And it's easy to hide behind the label of get it right. Anything that's worth, that's worth doing is worth overdoing. But behind that, the truth is when we fail or when they fail, they see themselves just like anybody else who fails. Failure. And they're back to square one, and now they're having a hard time. Like, oh man, I gotta do this all over again. They beat themselves up, it becomes, you know, a super big deal. And so then, you can't say that you don't belong in community because, the, because you're not perfect. Here's why Hebrews 10 14 says, For by one single offering, he was perfected forever, those being sanctified. He has perfected forever those being sanctified. If you call Jesus Savior, if you call Jesus Savior, you've been perfected forever. Jesus makes you perfect. And you're going to say, whoa, not me. I'm not perfect, right? 
Now I'm just gonna tell you, me too, okay? Growing up, I was told on a regular basis I wasn't perfect, okay? I was reminded regularly, actually, okay? And I believe everybody in here would say the same, right? I'm not perfect, I'm not perfect. But I believe God would argue with you today. I believe God would argue with you today. Isn't it funny how when we're younger, we get asked, do you think you're perfect? You think you're perfect? And as adults, we're like, I'm anything but, right? And, and we fall so far away from the belief and the thought that we had when we were kids. When you think of the word perfection, we put this in Hebrews 10, 14 terms. When you think of the word perfection, you might think of those people that you know. You might think of yourself who might be a little bit OCD, right? And that they might be hard to work with. Like perfection, perfectionists are hard to work with. And the problem with perfect is it's a moving target. The problem with perfect is it is a moving target. And so it changes from day to day, right? So while something might be perfect in your eyes today, you might wake up tomorrow and your opinion's changed. And it's not perfect anymore. Why? You've had time to compare, to pick it apart, and realize, ah, it looked good yesterday. But, I mean, this is the regret of many of our purchases, right? Man, it was good yesterday, but now I, I don't like it. Now that I have it, I want something else, right? But because I am perfected through Jesus, God accepts me, which makes me belong. So it's not about works. It's not about works. So then we're to accept Jesus. When we accept Jesus, perfection happens in our life because a covering comes over us. We are washed in the blood is what we say as believers, which then allows God to accept me, which makes me belong. So then I belong in any circle on the face of the earth. Now you say, I don't have the confidence to do that. I'm not talking about confidence today. I'm talking about you being good enough because God sees you as perfect. And so then, after we accept Jesus, perfection happens. We're viewed through the blood when we accept what Jesus did for us. We're viewed through the blood when we accept what Jesus did for us. We have to receive what Jesus did for us. And so then you know that we are born imperfect, right? So nobody's perfect. We're all born imperfect. Jesus perfects us. Jesus perfects us. And so then we can hold fast to our position, not our performance, not our practice, our position. We can hold fast to our position in Jesus, not in the world, not in the Instagram feed, not in the marketing ad, not in the, the presentation, the video, the TikTok, any of that. I don't have to hold to that. I hold fast to my position in Jesus, not in the world. You know, as soon as Adam and Eve sinned, they felt like they didn't belong. They knew it immediately. This is why they hid from God. Why they hide from God? There was a sense of not fitting in. Ooh, we're not supposed to be here, right? So we hide, like God can't see them. God's omnipresent, he's everywhere. They didn't feel like they belonged to God. They didn't feel like they belonged in the garden. They didn't feel like they belonged to each other, right? And that's what sin does. Sin separates, sin creates a lie that we believe. And that's where the devil, our enemy, wants us to live. That's what he wants us to believe. And what you see is Adam and Eve went from perfect. God said they were good. They were perfect. They went from perfect to imperfect with the taste of an apple. And sin causes us to feel like we don't belong. And this is why we're afraid. We're afraid they won't like us. We're afraid that we won't fit in. And now it's how we're born today. The newest baby, the newest, sweetest baby. 
is born imperfect. No matter what we think or see or, or all of the imperfections that we see in this amazing gift from God, everyone is still born imperfect because of sin. So then we're born, we're brought into the world imperfect. I don't know, Dusty. I'll give you some Old Testament here. Old Testament says, your iniquities have separated you from God. That's Old Testament. It's Isaiah 59. The New Testament says, all have sinned and fell short of the standard of God. That's Romans 3.23. Let me just say this. You may not think that you're perfect, but you can still be real. You can still be honest. Period. So then, how many of you know that God is perfect? God's perfect. Never made a mistake. Always been ahead of the game. God is perfect. Isn't that part of our fear in belonging to Him, knowing that we're not? Knowing that we're imperfect? Isn't this part of feeling like we don't belong or we can't come to church, right? They're better than me. They're farther along in their relationship with me. They know more about the Bible than me. Um, they sing better than me. Um, I don't like worship. I'm not supposed to be here. Isn't this part of that? And the reality is, no, they're not. No, it's not. Okay. The reality is people might live by different standards than you, and they might have different values than you. But isn't this the gathering, even online, isn't this the gathering where we come as a community of faith to build those standards, to create those values, to be, be better, to become better Christians? Isn't this where we learn those? Isn't the Bible where we find our guide for life? This is how we live. I was in a family discussion the other day, and I got told that um, I think, I've never said this, I think I'm better than this person. I've never said that. I've never said that. The reality is, is I hold myself to a higher standard. I live my life based on the Bible. I make my decisions based on truth, and I don't listen to anybody else's opinion because it doesn't matter. There's one person's opinion of me that matters, Jesus Christ. And he said, I got you. I've covered you. I've redeemed you, restored you. You are right in God's eyes. Good enough for me, man. Let's go. So then, let's, let's flip the script. We've talked about why we don't belong. Let's talk about why we do belong. Why do I belong in community? Why does anyone belong in community outside of the fact that John 3.16 says, For God so loved the world, the entire world, you, the human race, everybody, that he sent his son to die. That's it. That's the good news today, but we have to see it outside of the context of the world, and we have to make it personal. It has to mean something to us. And so then, the perfect one came. Why do you belong? Why can you be in community? Why do you not have to worry about perfection? Why? Because the perfect person came. It's, it's tough to grasp this idea that somebody perfect would come and that they would give their life for me. But the Bible said that Jesus is perfect. It says he was perfect. And it said that he was perfected. He was perfected as an offering for you. Hebrews 5, 9 says, Having been perfected, he became the author of eternal salvation to all those obeying him. Not accepting this means that you believe that Jesus must do more for your life that he did not do enough by being beaten, slain, hung on a cross, scourged, all that. That's not enough for me. Not believing that Jesus was perfected 
and that he became the author of eternal salvation to all those who obey him. Not believing this means you think Jesus must do more for you. But the truth is, you've been perfected. And the problem we have with accepting that is, I've not done enough. And that's a lie. You've done enough. You're good enough. And so why else would Jesus come if not to make you perfect in the sight of God? Because God is perfect. God is perfect. Hebrews 10, 14 says, By one single offering, He's perfected forever those being sanctified. Forever meaning all of time, eternity. Sanctified meaning free from sin, holy, righteous, the good life. That's what that means. You must accept that Jesus has perfected you. Jesus has perfected you. At night, we have some some things that we do with our kids that uh, we just ask them a few questions and we say, who made you? And they say, God. Who created you? God. Who saved you? Jesus. Who empowers you to walk in the authority of God on the earth? The Holy Spirit. It's amazing. Who perfected you? Jesus. Who accepted you? God. Who do you belong to? I'm a son. I'm a daughter of God. That's it. It's super simple. You can ask them that anytime. And so then you say, what? (laughs) Jesus has made you perfect in the sight of God. You belong. You have a right now. Because of Jesus, you have a right to be called a son or a daughter. Now, a perfect God can only accept perfection. You had to be perfected. You had to be perfected. Aren't you glad that he sent Jesus? You could not bring an imperfect offering to God in the Old Testament. It must be perfect. That's why Jesus was called perfect, spotless lamb. Now, remember, we are not made perfect because of what we do. We're made perfect because of who Jesus is. So then perfect perfect in what he did, he became a perfect sacrifice. God can't and won't accept anything but a perfect sacrifice because he is perfect. This means we're only perfect in our position as sons or daughters of God. We stand confident in that. We hold fast to it because we believe and accept Jesus And we believe we've been restored through him. That's what we believe. And so then, we're not perfect in our performance. And we're not perfect in our practice. We are perfect in our position. Never going to be perfect in your performance. Ever. Save your energy. Conserve your energy. You're never going to be perfect in your performance. You're never going to be perfect in your practice. The things that you do. You won't be perfect in those. But you are perfect in your position as a son or daughter of God. You're perfect in your position. Here's what the Bible tells us. The Bible tells us that the law, the law cannot make anything perfect. If the law could make you perfect, there would be no reason for Jesus. If the law could make you perfect, he wouldn't need to come. God wouldn't have sent his son. So then, it's not about our performance. It's not about our practice. It's about our position as sons or daughters of God right? Which is who Jesus has made us to be. 
The Bible says you have the right to be called a son or a daughter only because Jesus came and restored you to the Father. So what do we do? So what do we do from here, Dusty? Like, how do we move forward? And this is, a, this is, a, this is for you personally, Matthew 5, 48. Be perfect like your heavenly Father who is perfect. And right now, if you say, it's never going to happen. I've had arguments over this scripture, by the way. Some serious arguments. What's the first word of Matthew 5, 48? Be. Be. It's your position. It's your position. It's your position. Accept what Jesus did for you. Be perfect like your heavenly Father who is perfect. That means I must shelf. I ain't perfect. Where does that take you? Positive or negative? Takes you immediately to not good enough. You aren't perfect in your performance. You aren't perfect in your practice. You are perfect in your position. Son or daughter. So then your action step is simple. Man, I hope you're with me as we wrap this thing up. Walk in grace, not in works. Be who Jesus saved you to be, not who you think you need to be. Two very different things. I don't have to put on 73 different hats because when I go and meet with these people, I need to be this way. And I meet with this group and I have to be this way. And thank God when, when um, I get around the guys, I get to be that way, right? And when I come home, I got to be this person. When I'm a dad, I got to be this person. Now, be. Just be. Be yourself. We ask our kids all the time, what's the most important thing you're ever going to be? Myself. Be it. Walk in grace, not in works. Be who Jesus saved you to be. Not what you think you need to do. Well, that's not cool. Doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. You working for cool? Are you being a son, being a daughter? In Matthew 5, 48, Jesus is saying, I'm making you acceptable to God. That's what he said. Be perfect like your Father in heaven who is perfect. What's he saying? I made you acceptable to God. Whether you like it or not, you better believe it. So then you're perfect in your position. You're perfect in your position. Trust and believe and you will be. You're not perfect in your performance or your practice. If you only focus on doing and knowing, you will not belong and you will always feel like you have to do more. But if you trust and believe that Jesus made you perfect, you'll find yourself at home everywhere you go. Everywhere you go, especially right here. I close with Hebrews 12, 23. This is, uh, it says, To the church of the firstborn, it's you and me, whose names are written in heaven. If you call Jesus Savior, your name is in the book of life. Whose names are written in heaven. You have come to God, the judge of all, to the spirits of the righteous, made perfect. Jesus' blood covers you. God accepts you as perfect because he sees you through his Son, this is what salvation is about. It's restoration to the Father, but it's seeing ourselves as perfected. Jesus came to perfect us. Today, this is probably the biggest point. Today, your perfection is really the willingness to be imperfect and let Jesus pick up where you can't.
because he's the one who makes you sanctified, holy, righteous, redeemed, perfect in God's sight. You were perfected in Christ. You belong in community. Don't do life alone because Jesus made you perfect in your position. It's who you are. Let's pray. Father, thanks so much for today, for the opportunity to share how we beat perfection. It's not about us. You did it. It's you. And so I'm honored to share in this, and and I thank you for the revelation you've brought to me and how you've allowed me to overcome the thought of not being good enough. Lord, I ask that you would help everybody to see, feel, and receive that today, Lord. Let your word do a work in the lives of people. Let people allow this to change their lives so they can have a new approach to how they um, attack life, to how they step into circles, to how they go to the gym, how they um, meet at the office, Lord, for how they um, engage in community. Let us believe who you are, who you sent, why you sent him, Lord. Let us trust in that. Let us hold fast to the profession of our faith, of our faith, of our hope, of our love, of our trust in Jesus. I love you for that, and I'm grateful. Lord, if there are people who do not know Jesus, Father God, I just ask you to help them to be bold enough to follow up, reach out, and connect with me. If that's you today, and you know that you need to make a decision to follow Jesus, you've battled this, this, I would love to help you walk through that. You can email me, Dusty, at liveredefined.com. I would love to talk, have a conversation, walk, pray, wherever you are, that's why I'm here. And so do not miss being a part of that today. If you're with us on social media and you're not following or subscribing, I would love for you to do that. Make sure um, that you like, subscribe, and get notified, especially on YouTube. Um, You'll never miss a message that comes out. We're gonna start doing some more midweek stuff here in the very near future. And so I want you to be a part of that. If you subscribe to us, thank you. If you support our ministry, thank you. It means more than you know for this to go out. So thank you for being a part. I appreciate it. Thankful to be your pastor. Thankful to get to speak into your life and share the gospel. Um, I hope that today has challenged you and inspired you. I hope it's going to help you move forward in your faith. I hope that you'll allow it to do that. I love you guys. Thanks for being here. See ya.